0: Hey, everybody, this is Faux Mondays, the snackable companion to FOMO Sapiens, which, of course, will be back on Thursday with a full meal episode. But until then, happy Faux Monday. I'm your host, Patrick J. McGinnis, venture capitalist by day, author and podcaster by night, FOMO Sapiens 24-7. Now, I gotta tell you something. We have a really good episode coming up on Thursday. Steve Tidball of Vullabac, an amazing company that is building, basically, I think, one of the most creative clothing brands in the world. So we're going to talk about what they're doing and how they're building something that's like kind of, I don't, I don't want to say non-commercial because that's insane, but it's kind of like they're building, for example, clothing you can wear on Mars, but they're also selling it to people today. So you figure that out. He'll explain it all, but it's just very interesting. But as we get kind of situated for that conversation, I just want to talk a little bit about what's been going on in the world. And I do this with some trepidation because this story changes so quickly both of these stories that basically the minute after I record this, it's going to be totally out of date. But I'm going to do it anyway because I just can't, I don't know, I can't deal with it. And that is the stories of Twitter and Elon Musk and FTX and Sam Bankman Freed or SBF as I'm going to call him. So many acronyms, so annoying. They both are annoying. And I just, I, I just I'm watching this and it just like I can't stop. It's like watching two car crashes. They're not even slow motion anymore. They're just like fast car crashes. So I just want to, I'm going to riff a little bit and I hope you indulge me. And if you find it terribly annoying, please tell me actually. Feedback always welcome at let's connect at or at Instagram, Patrick J. McGinnis or at Twitter, PJ McGinnis. But I, I, I just look at this as somebody who's been an investor and obviously through the lens of FOMO. And I feel like I just want to, I wanna give you my hot take, so indulge me, please. All right, let's start with Twitter. Ooh, Twitter. I have so many feelings about Twitter. The first feeling is that I use it, but I hate it, but at the same time, it's so addictive It plays off of this, you know, obviously news FOMO for me, at least. It's like, what's going on in the world? Well, I could go to the New York Times or I could go to another newspaper, but, you know, it's probably five minutes old. Twitter happens instantaneously. And in fact, you know, when there's like a sporting event or a breaking news or an election or something horrible that's happened, like a natural disaster Twitter is kind of the place to be. It really is a service that has value. Now, we all know that it's not necessarily all true and you have to sort of have the filter of like what's real and what's not, but there's real value there. So there's some good things about Twitter. And then, you know, of course, Elon Musk has a huge following on Twitter and he then decides he wants to buy it. Now, here's the stuff that I think is really particularly galling about what's going on. Number one, he's way overpaid for this company. I mean, the the valuation of Twitter now is probably half of what it was when he made his bid. And the market just, it's not a Twitter thing, it's just the whole market is down, right? You know, recession and the kind of tech crash and all this other stuff. And so he just decides to go ahead and buy it anyway. He had tried to not buy it and filed some lawsuits and then he just sort of gave up and said, well, okay, I'll buy it. Now, I don't really care if Elon Musk wants to blow his money on Twitter. That doesn't bother me. I mean, that's his prerogative. It really irritates me that other people, for example, venture capital firms co-invested alongside him, venture capital firms that manage pension money, pension fund money that's been invested in them, that is the money of you and me and other people who have nothing to do with this. It is so irresponsible, sort of like be better venture capital firms. What are you doing? Also, the I mean, if you're a bank and you lent money to this deal, like you, you know, you're just not thinking. So I find it insane that this deal got done at this valuation and that people willingly invested alongside Elon. People who should know about it, really. It's just frightful. And we're gonna look back on this and just be like, what was going on? I'll tell you what it is. It starts with an F and ends with an OMO. It's incredible. The other thing that I find really insane is just how badly the company has been managed post-acquisition. You know, for example, just treating people poorly, just don't be a jerk, Elon, you know? Yes, you want to restructure. Yes, you want to make changes, but just being mean to people and changing policies by a tweet and going in and firing people in a really not very nice way, it's just completely outrageous. And you know what it does? It just makes no one ever wanna work there again. You could never get talented people to work there ever again because you've made the place into a total circus. And you know what happens when that sort of culture takes over is that things start to fail and you start to see that right now. For example, this insistence by Musk that they had to roll out this new verification thing to monetize the blue check been a complete and total failure. People don't really care that have it. They're like, I'm not going to pay for that. And then people started messing around and impersonating brands. Somebody tweeted on um, behalf of a farmer company that they were going to give away insulin. And then the stock crashed. That just That's total chaos. And so the mismanagement, it's sort of like we all think that Elon Musk is supposed to be some genius, but he has proven that he is basically the emperor who has no clothes. And that's the other thing about this whole thing is like, who the heck he surround himself with like he needs people who will say no to him and all of his enablers, they should be ashamed of themselves because they're really just destroying a company. They're destroying billions of dollars of value. And you know what? they're probably not going to have to really even pay for that. It's like what, what where where will they be held accountable? You know that's just the part that kind of irritates me as well. So it's just messy. it's crazy. and and I have one more sort of thing to say about that, which is I find it crazy too that he is taking talent from other companies where he is the main shareholder and or CEO, like for example, a Tesla or SpaceX and letting them sort of work part-time at Twitter or bringing in this talent. These are public companies. Like, how do you feel if you're a Tesla shareholder and you find out that the engineering team is moonlighting at Twitter? That is ridiculous. Elon Musk is not running his own private holding company. If he were doing that, you know, have at it. What am I gonna do about it? But taking people from public companies and putting them in a private company to help out, that is that is completely ridiculous. And I don't know what the SEC is doing about that, but if you're working for the SEC and you listen to the show, I recommend you look into it, that would be nice. So what is the takeaway here of this debacle? Number one, it's that the good times are over. This is just like sign of the top of the market that the deal closed, that it's blowing up. I mean, We'll even see if this, it's really sad because a lot of engineering talent's gonna leave. And then this, the whole thing's gonna fall apart. I don't care how many smart people you take from Tesla. If there's nobody running the business and you know the, these are complex systems, it's not just like you just flick a switch, it's gonna get messy. So I, I'm disgusted with the whole thing and I think it's really just hubris and it makes me sad. I also think it's a good reminder, no matter what you do for a living, have a 10%, have a side project, diversify yourself. Don't put all your money into one company. Because if this kind of stuff happens, like, you're, you're out of luck, and that's not good. All right, we're going to take a little break, and I'm going to come back to talk about FTX, which, by the way, sneak peek, also completely teased me off. Be right back. FOMO. Tudo bem, meus queridos FOMO sapiens? Now, that right there was Portuguese. And as you know, I love speaking foreign languages. But I'm not alone. One in five Americans have learned a new language on their bucket list. If that's you, make 2024 the year you finally check it off that list with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. but only for our listeners at babbel.com FOMO. Get up to 60% off at babbel.com FOMO. That's spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com FOMO. Rules and restrictions may apply. Quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, or delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. And with rising prices everywhere you look, you got to do the math and save money. Good news. By popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. So head over to netsuite.com FOMO. That's netsuite.com FOMO. netsuite.com FOMO. FOMO. All right. It's Hot Takes Monday here on FOMondays. You just got my views on Twitter. Let's pick up on FTX. This one, I mean, it's just the next sad chapter in crypto FOMO. It's insane. Billions of dollars of people's deposits gone, seemingly gone. And you have this crazy thing where you had all these celebrities like Tom and Giselle and Larry David making these commercials that glamorize owning crypto. And now they're actually getting sued for that which is kind of interesting but it's sort of like investing isn't supposed to be cool by the way investing is a way to make money and conflating coolness with investing and missing out as it were it's very it's a very predatory thing and so that just irritates me anyway it goes back to I remember there was this very sort of ridiculous commercial that Matt Damon did Matt Damon you know I Matt Damon you got to you got to think before you let anybody book you on a commercial saying that if you don't own crypto, you're not a real man, which is essentially was the message of that commercial. It's just, don't you have enough money, Matt Damon? I think you do. You know, Goodwill Hunting would be so disappointed in you if you were a real person because you just shouldn't be doing that stuff. And so again, it's just, it's it's disgusting to me that you have a huge company that is playing on people's desire to be rich and their fear of missing out and getting them to, basically put their money in this company and then it all disappears overnight. And there's no FDIC, there's no insured deposits. Like people lose everything. It's really scary, actually. Can you imagine? I hope none none of you are victims of this scam because even if you get some money back, it's gonna take you years and years and years to do that. Now, so that's my first thought. I'm just legitimately disgusted because this shouldn't be happening. It's not right. It is not right. And Sam Bankman-Fried says that regulation is terrible. Well, you know what? If we had regulation you wouldn't be able to bankrupt all these people and take their crypto and just burn it. It's really messed up. Now, beyond that, this is another thing. Like I'm okay, you all know I'm not deep in crypto. I'm no expert in crypto, but I thought the whole point of crypto was decentralization. Isn't that the beauty? Decentralization. Well, if it's decentralized, why is one guy holding all this money of other people and then taking it and losing it? The whole point of crypto is decentralization, but it was very much not the case in this case. And so it just like makes me question the whole thing. It's like, why would you ever, ever, ever want to hold this crypto? Like, there's other reasons to question crypto. Like, if you ever owned a crypto wallet and you have to write down all these silly passwords on paper and hide them under a rock somewhere, and God forbid you lose them, then you lost all your money. That to me is just really, like, really, but. Maybe you get over that and, you know, you figure out a way to store them and that's great for you. But then, God forbid, you put your money in exchange and it disappears. It just makes the whole thing way more fishy than it ever was before. Now, back to the VCs, the good old VCs, just like with Twitter, they invested in this business. And there were VCs who made their funds on this deal. They invested and they were going to basically like retire. These people had so much money and they were putting SBF all over their website and they look like masters of the universe. Let me tell you something, VCs. Had you not see this one coming, like you're supposed to be experts in this thing, you are investing the money of people, their pensions, widows, and kids in these businesses and you haven't done the work you know, there were these crazy stories that in the meetings, in the pitch meetings, like Sam Bankman-Free was playing video games the whole time and the VC still gave him money. Like I wasn't there, so I'm not sure. But if that's even remotely true, just shame on you, VCs. All those partners, they should they should have to face accountability. It's just not right. You know, VC is, of course, a risky business and people do lose their investments all the time. And, you know, that's part of the game. But this just feels like willful Lack of diligence on behalf of the VCs. And it's just nasty. Yeah, they lost their money, but it's not their money, right? I mean, yes, they're invested in their funds, but it just, there has to be some accountability here for the people who enabled this kind of behavior. Now, I also find it really interesting that I'm sitting here ranting about it, but the average person isn't really talking about this. Maybe that will change, but it seems like so far there's not a lot of contagion. And so this whole thing is like a niche problem. Unlike Madoff or unlike some other things that got a lot more attention, it's really not getting the sort of attention and oversight it should have. And I, I just find that kind of interesting that it hasn't made it into the popular conversation as as much as it could do. That's very interesting. And then I also find sort of the other thing that's kind of interesting is Sam Bankman-Fried himself. You know, he did that classical thing, which is like, I'm gonna have weird hair and you'll remember me. The same way that Elizabeth Holmes wore her black turtlenecks at Theranos. He was a sort of like incredible figure. And in fact, Fortune Magazine put him on their cover in August of 22 saying, you know, the next Warren Buffett question mark. Well, the question mark was good because no, the answer is clearly no. He's the next... Made off, I guess. But the thing about this whole thing is why is the press enabling this stuff? Did they do their diligence? It's incredible. And it's also really, for you entrepreneurs who think, well, I want to just get in all the magazines, it'll be great for me. Just be careful. Because the minute that you are out there in the press, you do have a target on your back. And of course, Sam Bankman-Free was taken down by Binance, one of his competitors. So he got too big for his britches. And that's scary too. And I remember early in my career, I was at this investment firm and one of our partners was in a magazine. She was on the cover of the magazine, I believe. And I was just so impressed with that. And one of my colleagues said, the higher they rise, the the farther they fall, which is very pessimistic, admittedly. But still, when you get out there, having people call you Buffett, yeah, it's very risky. So don't do that. Entrepreneurs, it could end up very badly. And my big takeaway from this one, and I guess Elon too, is just these guys, it seems to me, I'm not an expert. I'm not a psychotherapist, but they feel like they're a sociopathic narcissists. There's no guardrails put on them. They have all these enablers around them. They're investors, they're partners in these deals, these just people, they're entourages. And then they blow up and it's terrible. And it, ends up losing the money of all the people who have unwittingly given them their money. So it's just terrible and it makes me angry. And I think at the end of the day, as we think about this, beware, everybody. Things that look too good to be true, things that are using FOMO to get you to participate, something that's run by a sociopathic narcissist, like just run the other direction, please. Just run. All right, that's my rant. It's over. If you have thoughts, comments. If you think I'm crazy, if you find this really irritating, or if you love it, or you think I'm right, just write me. You can reach me at let's connect at com on Instagram at patrickmcginnis, and on Twitter at PJ McGinnis. All right, ran over. We will see you on Thursday with a great episode of About, which is an amazing clothing company. It's much more inspiring and lighthearted than this one, but I just had to get it off my chest. So I'll see you then. And until then, take care of yourselves, FOMO sapiens. FOMO. If you like today's show, please be sure to rate it and recommend it to your friends. And as always, you can find me on Instagram at Patrick J. McGinnis, on Twitter at PJ McGinnis, and on the web at FOMOSAPIENS.com or PatrickMcGinnis.com, where you can get all kinds of free resources to live a more decisive and entrepreneurial life. FOMO. Want more FOMOSAPIENS and FOMO Monday? Head over to FOMOSapiens.com where you can listen to past episodes, learn more about the show, and find out how to advertise. You can also connect with me on Instagram at Patrick J. McGinnis and on Twitter at mcguinness.